What's up, everybody? AJ here. I'm going to recap this uh, incredible UFC card that just happened, UFC Vegas 9. Uh, in other words, UFC uh, UFC Fight Night, Smith versus Rakic. Uh, what a memorable card it was, um, just like the week before. Um, just a lot of, you know, fights to start off the night with, with finishes. And from there on out, it was uh, just, you know, decisions. You know, a lot of decisions, the first four fights of the night were, were submissions. It was crazy. Um, and then from there on out, it was, it was decisions. But nonetheless, the fights still were, you know, exciting, action-packed. I'll get into you know, some of the ones that, that stuck out to me, but it was a good event. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy with how the event turned out just uh, from a viewership standpoint. I love this stuff. Um, yeah, I hope you enjoyed it too. It was a fun event for everybody to just tune in and enjoy uh, free. If you're subscribed to ESPN plus um, and just, uh, you know, it's, it's another your reason why I'm just really grateful to be a UFC fan. We get this sport year round, um, especially now uh, they got cards up until the end of the year. It looks like, uh, so just so awesome uh, to be a UFC fan right now. Truly blessed and grateful that we have this this sport uh, happening for us uh, before our eyes. Uh, before we know it, uh, you know, there's going to be fans in the crowd, and uh, it's 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 just really special to to, to tune in. And you know, we're ma we're making progress, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll get some people in the crowd, and uh, you know, we'll be able to to sit ringside. Hopefully, uh, you know, if, if you're that type of person to to go get tickets for an event um, and, you know, watch it at your respective location. I've been to uh, just one event live, but, uh, you know, it's hard to think that once the fans come back, once the UFC comes back to uh, the neck of the woods that I'm in, um, that I'm, I'm going to, you know, go to an event and enjoy it. Um, so without any, any more of that, uh, so let's just get into the first fight of the night. Mallory Martin versus Hannah Cyphers. What a fight it was. I mean, Hannah Cyphers came out very strong. Uh, she got a knockdown, almost got a finish there in round one. Uh, it was 10-8 across all judges' scorecards. Just came out very strong and dominant. Uh, you would have thought she was the favorite with the way she performed out there in round one. Um, she tried to finish Martin. She unfortunately was unsuccessful at doing so uh, for her and her team. Um, and as a result, uh, you know, the, the first round elapsed, the second round uh, happened. Martin came in with a, a game plan and more urgency to get the fight to the ground. Um, and, and she did just that. Got a, got a takedown there against the fence. I believe if memory serves, it was a clip, uh, a trip takedown. Uh, she was able to pass the guard into mount and uh, get a stoppage, uh, a rear naked choke. She was able to land some aggressive ground and pound in top position um, and eventually get the rear naked choke. Um, for Cyphers, uh, unfortunately for her, all of her losses in the UFC have come on the ground, whether it was by a TKO stoppage or a sub. Um, she, I do think she will remain with the organization, though, because she's been such a willing combatant. Uh, combatant, excuse me, during this time. Uh, I believe going into her after her last fight, I believe she signed. Uh, rather, she she announced on Twitter that uh, four fight contract. Um, so, so perhaps we see her two more times inside the octagon. Um, it's nice that the UFC is rewarding these these willing fighters, these fighters that are willing to fight, uh, even if it's on short notice. And uh, kudos to Mallory. This is her. Uh, first UFC win. This is her second fight in the UFC. Her first UFC fight was against Verna Janarov, a very tough matchup uh, stylistically. And unfortunately, she lost. Um, but no, nothing wrong with that as Verna Janarov is a very talented fighter. Um, both these women are in the big show. Um, I hope we see more of them going forward. But uh, very good performance by Mallory Martin. Very good adjustments that she made. Nonetheless, um, and was able to overcome the adversity 
uh, Pollyanna Viana and Emily Whitmire, this was a, a very intriguing fight uh, because both women uh, excel on the ground. Viana is more credentialed. You know, she's she's got the BJJ champion credentials. She's also a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu per her Instagram. Um, I did think that she was the one more likely to get a sub of the two, though I did also consider the possibility of Whitmire getting the sub um, because of Viana's last fight against Macedo. Uh, Macedo, to my knowledge, trains extensively in the gi. Um, she got a nice armbar there against Viana, though it was still a little bit interesting that she got a, a sub against Viana, who's, again, now a BJJ brown belt, uh, BJJ world champion. So really interesting with how that transpired. But nonetheless, uh, Viana, with you know somewhat her, her back against the wall, coming off three straight losses, was able to get an impressive uh, finish in round one. Uh, so very good performance by Pollyanna Viana. Um, and the biggest favorite on the card in the next fight here comes through as Sean Brady moves to 13-0 against uh, Christian Aguilera, who is certainly game. Sean Brady's a very talented prospect. I really like this guy. Very well-rounded. Black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. A strong guy. Strong wrestler. Um, definitely a, a very, I'd say, proficient technical striker. Um, he's, you know, deceivingly fast. Uh, he's got some power as well. So Brady checks a lot of boxes. I honestly think that he will be a top 15 fighter in the future. Um, I think he just checks a lot of boxes. I think he's got good cardio. His durability seems good. Fight at a high pace. He could wrestle. He could grapple. Just really not any like glaring holes I see in his game. I mean, you know, if I guess want to point some things out that I noticed, like he tends to back himself in the fence sometimes. Like in the Nardia fight round one, that's part of the reason why he lost. Even some stretches that in this fight, but nonetheless, no fighter is perfect, right? Um, you know, there's even there's even things that you know John John Jones and Demetrius Johnson uh, can improve on. Again, you know. It's just a, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're all, um, you know, we all can improve in, in, in ways um, and we, you know, we could certainly embrace that and then, uh, you know, definitely improve. But uh, as far as Brady goes from a general perspective, the guy's really solid. Um, like I said, I was just basically pointing out one thing that like, yeah, he can improve, but nonetheless, this guy is super talented, uh, trains with Eddie Alvarez and Paul Felder, who I think that bodes well for his training because he, he's young. Um, I think this guy's got a really bright, bright future. I think Christian Aguilar is a really solid guy as well. Um, this was just a really tough stylistic match for him, and it was reflected in the odds. Alex Caceres, Bruce Leeway, uh, taking on short notice UFC debutante Austin Springer. This was an entertaining one. Um, happy to see Bruce Leeway uh, get a, a first-round sub. He's on a three-fight win winning streak now. And uh, Springer took this fight on very short notice. This was Caceres' third opponent, technically, for this uh, the scheduling for this to, to fight on this card. It was first supposed to be Giga Chikadze. Then I believe it was Kevin Kroom. Um, and then uh, now Austin Springer. So really happy that Springer was able to step up and these two were able to fight and get paid and that sort of thing. Uh, Springer, I, I would think that the UFC is going to give him another chance, considering he took this fight on very short notice. Um and he has a win over Giga Chikaze on the Contender Series, and Giga is in the UFC doing his thing, three and zero. Wouldn't be surprised to see the UFC give you know Springer a couple more fights, a couple more uh, you know fights with more favorable circumstances. You know, not taking the fight on super short notice. Um, well, I guess that'd be the primary circumstance, right? But you know, to factor in to get acclimated and in, in training, 
Um, he's just been a, a guy who's been fairly inactive. You know, prior to this fight, he had only fought twice since June 2018. So just a, another circumstance to keep him busy and active and that sort of thing. Um, the next fight, Alessio DiCirico and Zach Cummings. Yeah, this was one where I just – I did think – you know, pre-tape, it was going to be like lower output, but it actually ended up being more, there ended up being more striking exchanges than I, than I thought. Uh, Cummings attempted 139 significant strikes. DiCirico attempted 157. It was, you know, they didn't land a whole lot. I mean, they, DiCirico landed like 53 and Cummings landed 54, which is, you know, honestly higher than uh, what I was, again, expecting. Uh, but it was, you know, I was pleasantly surprised and you know, I want to be, you know, honest and, uh, you know, say, say my thoughts pre-tape. And I just think with, with Cummings being just very content to counter and just, you know, wanting to just land power strikes. And the guy has very heavy hands, no doubt about it. But with him, with Cummings, he's also a solid wrestler. He's a black belt in jiu-jitsu. His thing, though, is he's a very skilled fighter, but he doesn't always utilize his skills to the full potential. Um, that's just kind of like what makes me hesitant to – well, A, pick him. I actually picked DiCirico to win this fight. Uh, I just thought he was going to be a bit busier, have the better footwork, and be uh, a bit quicker in there. But on the side of Cummings, going back to that real quick, it's just it's hard for me to rely, well, you know, from a picking perspective in some matchups, but also from a betting perspective because, in a way, he can make fights a lot more competitive than they need to be despite being the vastly skilled fighter because he's not fighting at a high work rate or a sufficient work rate. Or he's not wrestling, which again he's known to, you know, generally not shoot takedowns, despite being a solid wrestler, strong guy in a black belt in jujitsu. He's just kind of fine with, um, you know, like in the Trevin Giles fight, for instance. Like he ended up getting the sub, but it was after he rocked Giles, and it was more so opportunistic rather than him just, you know, wanting to go out there and take Giles down and pass the guard. He ended up getting like a guillotine choke there, if memory serves. So basically, what I'm trying to say about Cummings though is. He's, he's a very skilled fighter, but again, when I'm, you know, going into a fight, I, to have conviction on picking a fighter and certainly betting one, I would like a bit more um, urgency, you know, a bit more willingness to utilize the, the tools that they possess to their full potential. But nonetheless, I'm really happy to see him get a win here um, and hurt a very durable opponent in Alessio DiCirico. I mean, had there been just a little bit more time there at the end of the third round, I mean, I think we could have seen the fight stopped. It reminded me a lot of when uh, Dominic Reyes fought Ovin St. Pru uh, at UFC 229 when he basically, it looked like he knocked out St. Pru at the bell. Um, again, that's, I guess, kind of subjective if it was actually true or not. We won't, I guess, actually know. At least, at least I won't know. Maybe you do. But <laughs> it's one of those things where uh, Cummings could have – he very easily – you know, you could tell from from seeing it that he had DiCirico in all sorts of trouble there. DiCirico got up, but he was really struggling to walk back to his corner. Um, and I think that Cummings, you know, was the rightful winner here. I actually scored it for him live 29-28. I thought round one went to DiCirico. Round two was kind of a toss-up, but slightly edged it with Cummings. And then certainly the most clear round of who of the whole fight, really, who won that was certainly Cummings with that knockdown there. He was also just a bit busier in terms of work, right? So uh, happy to see Cummings get back in the win column. Uh, again, he showcased his power once again, just his last fight against Akhmadov. He dropped him too. So if you could drop a guy like Akhmadov and, and hurt a guy like DiCirico, certainly he's got enough power to hurt um, a lot of the guys in the weight class. Um, he's got good intangibles too, like, you know, great chin. Um, 
again, strong wrestler, just uh, like a guy that's going to most likely be there for all three rounds and is a threat. So uh, good performance by Cummings there. Impa Kasanganai and Maki Patolo. Yeah, I was really looking forward to this one. Um, just turn it, the fight turned out to be just awesome. Uh, Impa is a gentleman who fought in the contender series and he really impressed me with how he looked there. Um, he, in, obviously this fight was just a couple weeks after his contender series appearance week two. This gentleman is very young and, and already very talented, I'd say. And he's already, he could, he's certainly, I think going to get better just based off his, his age. And he's only eight. No, um, he trains with guys like Scott Holtzman and Brian Barbarena. So certainly uh, Impa's got a lot of potential. I think he already looks like a, like a very good fighter. Um, I think his, his striking is, is technical and crisp and uh, measured. He also could fight at a solid work rate. He landed 85 significant strikes over the course of 15 minutes. That's pretty solid. He didn't really showcase his wrestling here, but I'd say his wrestling is definitely capable. Um, and these are all just – he's already got a good base of skills, and I think we're going to see him just get better as uh, his his career progresses. I'm really – I I was just blown away by how awesome this fight was. Both sides, really. Both guys showcased incredible chins, incredible durability, and it was just a really fan-friendly fight. At the time I'm recording this, I don't know if there's performance bonuses who, who got them. Obviously, there are performance bonuses, but I don't know exactly who got them. Uh, but this next fight was definitely another candidate for fight of the night is – our Cairo Lamas and Bill uh, Algio certainly uh, put it all on line as this was just awesome uh, to watch, really. Lamas coming in uh, after a long layoff, taking on Bill Algio, stepping in on very short notice, not as short notice as, as Springer, but uh, stepping in for Ryan Hall. Uh, excuse me. And uh, boy, was he a willing combatant. The guy showcased uh, great toughness and durability for all 15 minutes. Um, I wish that he wouldn't keep his hands low in striking exchanges, uh, but uh, perhaps he, he learns to not do that in the future. Uh, nonetheless, he did showcase a good chin. Lamas has certainly showcased some power, uh, and he also showcased some some sound enough grappling chops to avoid getting submitted by a, a very threatening grappler in Lamas, a gentleman who recently got a second-degree Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt, a gentleman who submitted Charles Oliveira. Um, so certainly Bill has, just like what I said about Cummings, he's got enough, uh, intangibles to, you know, go 15 minutes and, and test, uh, fighters just based off his toughness, durability, cardio, willingness to come forward and, uh, throw punches and, you know, basically, uh, have that like Nate, Nate Diaz approach where he's just, you know, can always be walking you down, never going to be an easy fight sort of thing. So this was just a truly awesome fight. Lamas looked to be getting tired there. Uh, his his body movement definitely looked more labored there in round two. Uh, he dug deep in round three and got the job done and actually got a 10-8 round in round three unanimously across the judges' scorecard. So this was a very eye-opening performance for, I think, both guys. Despite a loss, I thought Bill definitely made a good account of himself, fighting one of the best fighters in, in the history of this weight, uh, weight class. And it was just a, a truly awesome fight. Uh, as was Kim versus Grasso. I thought this fight was tremendous as well. Uh, it pretty much took place on the feet the, the majority of the time, the second round, the third round rather. Uh, Grasso actually took it to the ground, which surprised me. She actually hadn't landed a takedown uh, per the commentary team and per UFCstats.com since her UFC debut. So sometimes you get surprised. It kind of reminded me of like when Caitlin Jakagan, uh, well, to a lesser extent, of course, when Caitlin Jakagan uh, against Antonita Shevchenko just wrestled uh, it, during that fight. When Caitlin Jakagan, who is a woman who definitely, you know, ha had, I'm sure, been working on that at the gym, but she's not a woman who's known for 
wrestling during the fight, right? She's, she's known for her striking, but she dominated the wrestling. Um, so it reminded me of that in the sense where, you know, Grasso just added a, a, the wrestling wrinkle, implemented in it into a fight rather. Um, and, and actually it, it played somewhat of a factor there. I mean, in round three, she didn't have to worry about taking any, any damaging shots on the feet. I did actually think that, you know, certain exchanges on the feet, Kim was landing some hard shots, but certainly Grasso was landing some hard ones as well. Um, she, she caused a lot of damage. Uh, Grasso was uh, much faster. She was a much more crisp and technical boxer. And I think she was the rightful winner here. Uh, it was like one of those clear but competitive fights. Uh, so I think I think the the woman uh, who who put on the, the uh, superior performance here uh, got cut her hand raised. Kim is a very game opponent. This is Grasso's first fight in this weight class. I, I would guess that she's going to be ranked in the top 15. Um, it's a very good win for her as, as Kim – herself has been tested against uh antonina shevchenko you know justin kish she's coming off a very nice win herself so that's a very good win for grasso and she's this is actually her first matchup where she was at a reach disadvantage uh because prior to this fight the only woman who she fought with that was comparable with her in terms of reach was tatiana suarez at 66 inches whereas kim here was 72 inches so it's nice to know i guess going forward that grasso Despite being at a recent disadvantage, she still deals with it fine. She could close distance enough and be the more proficient striker over the course of 15 minutes. Um, so, yeah, very good performance by her. Neil Magny and Robbie Lawler. Um, what could I say? Wow, Neil Magny just just put on a, a dominant performance. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that, you know, round two was in 10-8. Uh, it, was, it was clear, you know, the, the right guy got his hand raised. I'm, I'm not, you know, complaining about the, the scorecards or anything. I'm just, you know, kind of more so speaking in terms of just – uh, just, I was surprised, <laughs> but you know, he, he looked dominant. I mean, he took down Lawler, who's not known to be easy to take down. Uh, you know, we saw in the previous fight, Lawler was taken down several times by Colby, uh, Colby, a very credentialed wrestler. Um, uh, is a good wrestler too, but you know, generally, uh, history has shown, I, I guess, and this is, I guess, a, a, a point to, you know, the history doesn't always predict the future, but history has, has generally shown that you need to be a really strong wrestler to take down Rob, Robbie. Um, even if you are a good wrestler that, that could take down Robbie, uh, it's, it's tough to keep him there. Certainly, um, Robbie is very physically strong. and He's a solid wrestler himself, but Magny, so big, so long, so so imposing in the clinch, uh, was able to just do some, do some damage, had some, some submission attempts on Robbie, uh, had did a really good job positional control wise. Um, Robbie just didn't let his hands go enough. I think that ultimately was why uh, the fight wasn't all too competitive. I know that in round three, he certainly had his moments. Perhaps he hurt Neil there, but once he got in top position, um, there was just nothing going on. Neil was able to force a stand up. Uh, the commentary team said that there was some frustration going on with Lawler in, in his corner. Um, and it it kind of seemed like he was fighting that way. Again, he just wasn't throwing that many strikes. It wasn't nearly the type of performance he had in, say, Colby Covington. I know he ended up losing that fight, uh, clearly, but in terms of the eye test, how did Lawler actually look uh, in that fight versus this one? Or even, you know, once prior to that, you know, against uh, even Askren early on, even though it didn't last that long, or, or RDA, you know, whatever. Um, it just wasn't the same type of performance. Uh, I don't know if it was the, the short notice because uh, again, he was taking this fight. He was stepping in for Jeff Neal. It was just still, it was just still puzzling from my perspective. To be honest with you, um, I thought he would fare, uh, you know, more competitively, if not perhaps win. Uh, but I guess that just more credit to Neil Magny as this guy's uh, on a 
three fight winning streak now. He's got wins now over Lee Jing Liang, Tony Martin, and Robbie Lawler. So, yeah, Neil Neil came back after a layoff, and uh, he's been doing his thing to say the least. I mean, he's won these fights. You know, the Martin fight was was really competitive, um, but uh, you know, in terms of just you know getting his hand raised on the judges' scorecards, Neil Magny has actually only lost one time on the on the judges' scorecards in his whole MMA career. So he's actually got 14 wins and one loss in his entire mixed martial arts career when going to the scorecards. Isn't that crazy? I mean, that – and it kind of shows in his fights, right? We know Magny, he's, he's big, he's long. Um, he's just got excellent cardio for, for three rounds or even five rounds. We saw him fight Calvin Gaslam. The guy will put the pace on on these guys. Um, you know, if it goes 15 minutes, it, you know, history has shown that there's a very strong chance – that Neil Magny wins because guys just got excellent cardio. He'll walk forward. Uh, he'll, he'll put a stamp on the last round of the fight. Like we saw him do against Rocco Martin. Um, so yeah, Neil Magny, I mean, uh, the guy's just been doing his thing and, and been on a tremendous role here. So a really good win for him. Interested to see who he draws next. And then uh, main event, we've got Rockich and Smith. Uh, this was just very dominant on the side of Rockich. Uh, the guy is so physical. I mean, even it, you know, talking about light heavyweight, all these guys are, are big guys, right? They're all big physical guys. But I would say Rakic is, is even more physical for the standards of this weight class. Um, he's not known for, you know, he doesn't have like Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu credentials like Fabricio Verdum or anything like that, no doubt about it. But he's, you know, definitely a, a sound grappler. And in, in his physical strength and top position really uh, was telling in the fight against Smith. Uh, there was really no threat from Smith's guard or anything like that. I mean, Smith isn't really generally known for a guy that, that fishes for subs fr- from his back or anything like that. But once Rakic got in top position, basically, um, he was really at no risk. I mean, I understand why he took the fight there because he's not taking as much damage on the ground than, say, on the feet. Um, and he trusts his top position, top positional control grappling enough uh, to avoid any, again, uh, ground, and found, ground and pound from Smith's back or, or any submission uh, threat of that sort. So he's he's definitely been sharpening up the skills in his racket. I think this guy's very, very talented. Um, and I just thought it was a, a very good, clean performance by uh, the young man here. He, he the, Prior to this fight, he was coming off a loss to Vulcan Uzdemir. Um, but, you know, the split decision loss, a uh, guy like him, I'm sure just uh, it motivated him. It fired him up even more. And he, he went back and worked more efficiently in the gym. And I think the results showed uh, he's a young man who I think <clears throat> he's already looked tremendous, and I think he we could even see him look better in the future, to be honest with you, based off his his age, his experience, who he's working with, his mindset, his work ethic. He, he's really solid. Um, I guess the, the thing I – not to take away from the fight, but the thing about him in general is it's kind of crazy that he – how he cuts down at this weight. The guy's got very little body fat on him for crying out loud. I mean um, – yeah, it's it's honestly just crazy, but uh, yeah, very good win for him. Very dominant performance against Smith. That's just something that not a lot of fighters could say they could do, like to put on a bell to bell dominant performance against Smith. I mean, even the Glover fight, <clears throat> Smith definitely had his his success in about the first four minutes. Took the the first round from Glover, uh, from there, and then from there on out, you know, Glover pretty much took over. But the last time that I could recall in the UFC was was John Jones. Uh, right. And, you know, obviously John Jones, some say he's the goat. So definitely uh, I think there's something to that for, for Rackage to because because Smith's known as one of these guys where it, you could put him on him early. But then if he's if he sticks around like he usually does, he, he's 
you know, live to get a finish later on in the fight. If you make a mistake or you're tired, uh, he could capitalize. But uh, in this fight, I mean, the fight was really never in doubt, to be honest. I mean, Rockets pretty much controlled it for the entirety, landed some nice leg kicks, uh, had definitely had some success on the feet. But then when he, when the opportunity presented itself, I took it to the ground, uh, stall top, not stall top position, but again, certainly did enough to stay active and, and not force a stand up or anything like that. Uh, and he had per ESPN.com 12 minutes and 14 seconds of control. So a uh, fairly clear dominant performance by Rakic. I, I actually have a matchmaking idea for him. I would actually like to see him face Yuri Prohashka. I think that makes a lot of sense. And I know that Prohashka beat Uzdemir and, and Rakic did it. Um, but based off the rankings, because right now we've got Rakic at eight, Prohashka at six. And then if you look at who's above him, Smith is five. Okay, Rackett just beat Smith. Glover is four. He's fighting Santos at two. And you've got Reyes at one fighting Jan at three for the vacant belt. So I almost think kind of by default you do Prohashka versus Rackett. Or maybe you do Prohashka versus Smith. But Prohashka versus, <laughs> Prohashka versus one of these two guys is – is personally what I what I think makes most sense. Obviously, the matchmakers know what they're doing. They're they're professionals for a reason. It's just a, a friendly suggestion that I would like to throw out there. But that's that's a fight that I'm actually very interested in. I, I would really like to to see how that would shake out because Prohashka was one of those guys that just came out came out hot against Osamir. I mean, he just had one of the more uh, fascinating debuts, I guess, I guess you could say, in, in recent memory. Um, so yeah, I mean, that was just truly tremendous. Um, and I also want to give a couple other matchmaking recommendations. Um, Alex should go through. Alex should go through the whole card. Why not? Uh, for the coming event, I would actually like to see Neil Magny. I would actually like to see him face either Jeff Neal or Vincente Luque. Um, you could, you know, the the Jeff Neal fight didn't materialize at this current moment. Uh, I wish a speedy and, and full recovery for Jeff Neal uh, once he's he's good to go. Um, I think you could reschedule him and uh, Magny. Uh, otherwise, I know that Luque and Magny were supposed to fight. Eh, about two years ago, a year and a half ago, if memory serves, but that fight got um, that fight didn't materialize. So I think you could make you could bring that to light again. Uh, so I, I think you got a couple different options there with Magni, especially with the nice win he's coming off of. For uh, Miss Grasso, uh, Alexa Grasso, I don't know if she's a Miss or Mrs. I should, I'm just going to say Alexa Grasso. She, uh, I think that she should fight. Or, or could fight rather. I'm obviously not in control. Uh, <laughs> I think that her versus, how about the winner of Montana De La Rosa and Viviani Arreuja next week? I mean, how does that sound? Let me know because that, you know, that's pretty interesting. You got, you know, obviously Gross is the striker. She's definitely been improving her grappling, though, no doubt about it. Um, and then you got two women there who, you know, Arreuja is definitely credentialed in BJJ. Montana De La Rosa's. Uh, definitely showcase some grappling, some wrestling. So you got that, you know, classic stylistic matchup striker versus grappler there. Um, so I, I'd be interested to see how that one plays out. As for Lamas and Algio, uh, this is actually a tougher one for me to uh, match make at this time. Uh, it would just be a pass for me, to be honest with you right now. I, I haven't given it that much thought on, on where I think it's right and just to say uh, – either guy should fight or could fight somebody uh, for their next bout. I know Lamas wasn't sure how many fights he has left. So perhaps this is his last fight. Don't know. Uh, Bill, uh, you know, he's definitely, I, I think 
going to stick around for you know, at least a couple more fights, I would say, just based off the value and performance. But we'll see. I don't, I don't have a recommendation for him at this moment. For Impa, I actually think you could have him maybe fight Darren Stewart. Um, I think that makes some sense, considering they both recently just beat Maki Patolo. Plus, that would be another awesome fight. Uh, perhaps, uh, yeah, I, I do like the Stewart fight. I really do. Um, but maybe not do it right away. Maybe wait a few months for the both guys to uh, sharpen up their skills. And they're both younger younger guys and improving. So um, we'll see. And then as for Patolo, I'm not exactly sure. Um, I'd have to give that one more thought. So um, not exactly sure. As, as uh, for the rest of these fights as well, though I will recommend uh, for Sean Brady, I do think that – you know, maybe maybe somebody that he – I think that may perhaps – well, I don't know. Anthony Pettis, he's not fighting at welterweight now. Is He's he's down at 155. Never mind that thought. Because um, that would be like, you know, the classic prospect versus veteran matchup, and I think it would be kind of fun. Because, you know, Brady, I, I think the matchmakers – I mean, everybody – it's no secret the guy's really talented. So we'll see. I, I'm interested to see who he – who he draws next because the guy's the guy's got a, a lot of upside i think uh I, I think it's only a matter of time before he breaks the top 15. as can a guy like impa too i mean i think Impa's is really solid uh so we'll, we'll see exactly how they develop that's i guess my uh call right now we'll we'll see um if i'm not right it's okay <laughs> but uh I, I just really think that both guys are really talented and, and have upside so um, with that, actually, that's going to do it for this recap here, going about 30 minutes. Um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Hope you guys had a good night. Uh, we got another event, UFC, next next card. Um, so looking forward to that. It's Overeem and Augustus Sakai. Uh, as for me, I'm recording this here on Saturday evening at 11.08 Central Standard Time right now. Um, I'm probably going to take tomorrow off, just you know, uh, gather my thoughts. I usually take Sundays off. I've been doing that more recently. It's been helping me. Um, and then get right back in the swing of things on Monday and and uh you know get back on the get back on the horse so to speak right um but uh yeah i hope you guys had a good evening um hope you guys found this recap insightful um and i hope you guys have a, a very nice day and a very uh nice week so uh wish to wish i wish you all well i'm gonna sign off thank you <laughs>